0: All right, have you ever done something that just made you look so stupid? All right, yeah, we've all got one of those stories, don't we? We've all got one of those stories, and if you're sitting there being like, nah, not me, yeah, you do, and your friends will tell you about it, right? Here's one of mine, here's one of mine, you ready? I uh, I just finished playing indoor soccer. Alright, right, so I'm a bit sweaty, a bit gross. I'd finished playing indoor soccer and I'm walking to my car, my parents' car at the time, walking to my parents' car with my mates. We're kind of just talking. I'm looking for a mum bus, all right? It's a bit of a mum bus we had. And I kind of noticed it out of the corner of my eye, so I'm talking. Anyway, see you guys. Get in the car. Sit on down. Normal car. I take off my shirt because it's pretty gross at the moment, right? So I take off my shirt. I take off my shorts. I just got my skins on, all right? I take off my boots and my socks. I just start to notice. It's a bit different to my car. This, this car's got like leather seats. I'm like, our car doesn't have leather seats. Maybe they got upgraded. That's fine. That's cool. And I'm like, this is, this is weird. And I turn around, right, into the back seat. An Asian family is in the back seat. Looks at me and they just scream and then I'm screaming and I get out of the car and I'm just walking away and my friends think I'm the biggest idiot. I just got undressed, half undressed in front of some random Asian family that just happened to have the same car as us. Like, oh, it was the, I just felt so dumb. <laughs> I felt so stupid. Oh man, I was embarrassed. I feel like an idiot. But, all right, I'm not the only one here who's looked a bit silly sometimes. I probably am the only one to have done that, right? But I'm not the only one to have looked a bit silly. I went through, uh, I went through the fat photos today. I thought I'm gonna look for some silly people. Let's see who we got. So we got Bosborn here, all right? Thanos collects the gauntlet things and he collects his shield. Here we go, we got Blarkay, looking like a little golem cranking over there. That one I'm gonna get in trouble for, I think. All right, next one. This is a nice year 12 photo, right? That's nice. That's nice, except the photo after that, someone fell on top of someone else, right? So that's a bit weird. Now, this next, it's a little set. I call it the Jacob Ryan. Here's my theory. You can look in any fat photo. If you look hard enough, Jacob Ryan's probably in it, looking ridiculous, right? So there's one of him in the background. There he is again. Hands up, rock and roll. Next one. There we go. That's the last of them. Man, Jacob Ryan is in every single one, all right? Every single one. But we don't like looking dumb, do we? We just don't like to look dumb. We hate it. Man, I was embarrassed at mine. I'm sure Jacob Bryan's a bit embarrassed about that. It's why we laugh at at jokes that we don't get. You had that? Someone tells Jake, you're like, (laughs) it's because you don't want to look dumb. You don't want to look like you haven't got it. What about being a Christian? Have you ever felt dumb for being a Christian, felt a bit silly for being a Christian? In the world that we live in now, right, Christianity is ridiculed all the time. It's said to be stupid. It's said said to be dumb, right? It is. And so if you follow Christianity, if you're a Christian, you're said to be dumb. Have you ever had that? Your friends, your family think you're a bit silly for what you believe. If you haven't yet, you will one day, right? So look forward to that. Because for all Christians, your faith revolves around something that the world thinks is stupid. It thinks it's dumb. And that's what tonight's passage is all about. That's what it's all about. And this is the promise I'm going to make to you now. If you have an open mind, if you listen and you truly understand what God is saying to you today in his word, then you won't feel dumb about your faith. You won't feel stupid about it you'll be more confident in it than ever before. Can we do that together? Here's the first big thing we're going to see tonight. It's already on the screen. Christianity sounds dumb. Come with me to verse 18. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The message of the cross is dumb, right? Right? The message of the cross is the gospel, the good news that Jesus, God, came down to earth to pay for your sin by dying in your place on the cross. He took your punishment on himself. That's the gospel, right? That's the message of the cross. But notice in that verse, right, there's two different types of people. Can you see them in there? There's two different types of people who hear the same message and respond to it in two very different ways. Check it out. You've got those who are perishing, the first one, those who aren't Christians, those who won't be saved. How do they see the message of the cross? As foolishness. They see it as dumb. And the, the next group of people, you can see it just after it, but to us who are being saved, Christians, it's the power of God. They see the same event. They hear the same message, but they've got two completely different thoughts about it. Two completely different thoughts. There's those who think the gospel are foolish, that the, the Christianity is foolish. And I'll tell you why they think it is, because it looks like it is. And people have always thought that Christianity is dumb. People have always thought this. I'm, I'm often impressed by graffiti. I don't know if you have this, right? But often I look at graffiti, and it's just in a place where I'm like, I don't even know how you got there to do that. Like you're on a train and it's on the train line. And you're like, that's quite impressive that you did that, right? There's this old school piece of graffiti. It's called, Alexa Manos Worships God. Here it is. They've dug it up. This is a bit of an outline so you can see it a bit easier. Can you see what this is? I'll tell you what those words say. It says, Alexa Manos Worships God, right? It's talking about this guy on the left and he's worshipping God. Who's that? It's Jesus except they've replaced his head with a donkey's head. It's an old school. It's like nearly 2,000 years old, right? Do you get what it's trying to say? That's your God. That's the one you follow. That's your king. He's dead. He's dead on a cross. The one that you follow is a no one. He's just dead. It's ridiculous. He's a no one. Why does Christianity seem so foolish because you're telling me that your God has come to earth, right? The God who knows everything. The God who can do anything. Who made everything. He comes to earth to save his people. Well, it looks like he failed. Because he's dead. Tortured. Naked. Dead on a cross. That's your God? seems ridiculous. And and to be killed on a cross, of all things, was the most disgusting way to die. Crucifixion, right, was made to be as painful as it could, to be as long as it could. The Romans, right, who kind of did did it a bunch, they used the cross to send a message to people. You mess with us, we put you there. Don't mess with us. That was the message the Romans were sending, that they beat the person on the cross, That was their message. It was a message of their power, of their victory. So to say that the one you followed was on a cross? Really? It's ridiculous. Now, our world now still thinks that Christianity is dumb, right? It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed in all this time. You might have come across it with your friends, your family. And and people think it's dumb for different reasons, though, right? Even check out verse 22. Jews demand signs, one group of people, and Greeks look for wisdom, another group of people. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. You see, the Jewish people at the time, right, they wanted big signs. They expected their God to come, but they expected him to come pretty big, right? With massive signs, they expected him to come and just wipe out the Romans, just kill them all. Instead, what do they get? Jesus a humble carpenter who didn't kill the Romans, he was killed by the Romans without even trying to retaliate. You can see why it's a stumbling block for them, can't you? It just doesn't make sense to them. That can't be our God. And the Greeks, right, they're the other group of people in there, well, they're they're looking for a sophisticated message, all right? Because we're pretty sophisticated people, the Greeks. They're looking for a pretty sophisticated message, right? And you're telling me it's as simple as that guy died so I might live. All i got to do is trust in it? That's it? No. No. They're looking for wisdom. What they get is foolishness. The problem is both those groups of people, right? They're looking for the wrong thing. And God has completely flipped it upside down. Completely flipped upside down. Have you ever seen those optical illusions where you kind of like it says it's got like one picture and it's like if you look closely you'll see this other thing. Have you seen those? Do we have one of those? It's a big picture of a dog, Joel. It's gone, it's disappeared. Let me tell you about it, right? There's a big picture of a dog and it says that's like if you look close enough, right? There's there's a little man in here, and you spend the next 10 minutes and you're like, There is no man in here, and you're like tilting your computer a little bit, and you kind of and then someone in the comments is like, Don't tell anyone where it is, and someone's like, It's in his ear, and you're like, We're looking at his ear. Have you ever seen those? Yeah, yeah, right, all right. You see those, that's kind of a bit like what the gospel is. It's kind of a bit what the gospel's like. Because many people will see the gospel face value. It's dumb. It's foolish. But really, it's not. And if you have the eyes to see it, if you can really see it, you'll see it for what it is, the power of God. Because at the cross, God did the thing that humans could never do. At the cross, God showed the strength that no human could ever show. At the cross, God displays the wisdom that is smarter than all humans. Because at the cross, God achieved the absolute unachievable. At the cross, he made a way for you to be forgiven. He made a way for us to be saved. Because as Jesus hangs on the cross, shamefully and embarrassed, he took on the punishment of every one of your sins. The only way that you could be forgiven by God is for Jesus to have died for you. And at the cross, he did. Like I said before, our world today still thinks the gospel's dumb, right? And there's a couple reasons that I think it does still think it's dumb. Here's the first. People just think it's irrelevant, right? You're telling me I need to be saved? Saved from something? I don't really feel like I need saving, right? I'm a pretty good person. I get pretty good grades. I guess I haven't killed anyone. So I don't really feel like I need saving from God that you're talking about. Foolish absolutely foolish. If you have lived a life without regard to God who made you and has given you everything, then you need to listen to me right now. He is angry with you. He is furious with you for that. And you need to be saved from his anger. And the only way to do that, the only way to be saved, is to ask Jesus to forgive you. The second reason is kind of similar to the Jews in verse 22, right? You want a sign from God. If God were real, then he'd show me he exists, right? Like, I'm open to it, but he would show me that he exists. Guys, God came into the world as a human person, and the account of that is recorded so that you can actually check it out for yourself, You want him to give you a sign? He's given you the biggest sign of all. You want evidence? There is evidence. There is plenty, plenty of evidence. If you're in years 10 to 12, right, come here, Tuesday night, 7.30. We've got life going. A bunch of you were there on Tuesday with me. It was an epic time. We look into the evidence for the Bible. Can we trust it? We look at the evidence for Jesus. Did he exist? Did he die? We look at the evidence for the resurrection. Could that have happened? And there is so much evidence. If you're in juniors, we've got a thing called Jesus Uncut coming up on a Friday, Avo, in a couple of weeks. Come along. If you want the evidence, there is so much of it. It's not enough to pretend that there isn't any, there's plenty. The message of the gospel looks foolish to the world, but it is the power of God. And God did this on purpose. He made the gospel look foolish on purpose. And if you're thinking, well, why the heck would God do that? Good question. We're going to come to that, all right? Hold that in your head. But what does this mean for us as Christians? What does it mean for us? If we follow this thing that sounds dumb, wouldn't that mean that we look a little dumb? It's the second big point of tonight. Christians look dumb. Check out what Paul says about the Corinthian Christians in verse 26. Brothers and sisters, starts off pretty nice, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Paul eyeballs them, right? And he goes, you're not smart, you're not influential, and you're kind of not very important ding! He really knows how to like, build up self-esteem, right? He's kind of a, a nice friend to have. The Corinthian Christians weren't special people, right? They were just everyday nobodies. just like us. The only thing that mattered about them is that they were called by God. Verse 26. So what does it mean to be called? This is what it means. It means that God chooses who He saves. And once he's chosen them, there comes a time in their life where he calls them to himself. And they hear it, and they trust in Jesus, and they're saved. Which means that if you're trusting in Jesus today, if you're a Christian, it's not because you figured it out when other people couldn't. It's because God chose you, and he called you. The only reason you understand the gospel is because God made you understand it. The only reason you don't see the message of the cross as foolish is because he showed you that it was wise. Whenever we watch movies, we like to think of ourselves as the main characters, yeah? I've been watching, I'm watching Harry Potter at the moment, watching them through again, all right? It's been pretty fun. And, and as I've been doing that, I've been like, I don't know who I'd be. And I think now the guys are going like, well, <laughs> I'd be Harry, right? The guy kind of saves the day, kind of ready for anything. Things just kind of work out for him. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm Harry. And some of you are like, I don't want to be Harry, right? I'm gonna be Ron. He's kind of like equally a main character, but like he's funnier and he gets the girl in the end, so that's pretty cool. I'd be Ron. Or some of you are like, no, man, i will be Malfoy because you're a bit edgy, a bit edgy like that. And the girls, they're like, well, I'd be Hermione. She's the brightest witch of her age. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa, do you know what I mean? Some of you are thinking that let me tell you who you are in that story. You are Neville Longbottom. <laughs> you kind of you're kind of a no one. <laughs> We're not the main characters. We're not the ones who save the day. We're just Neville in our pajamas. There's nothing special about us. Christians aren't more clever. We're not cooler, we're not better than anyone else. We've just been shown grace by God and He's called us. Praise God that He chooses the Neville Longbottoms, right? And so be humble. You're not better than anyone else. The only reason you get this is because God showed it to you. Be humble. So the message looks dumb. We saw that, right? The people who believe the message, well, they look dumb. But even those who preach the message look dumb. And right now you're like, dude, we know the guys who preach the message look dumb, all right? Here we go, right? Now if you're thinking, let's look at Paul, right? Paul chapter 2, chapter 2 verse 1. This is Paul talking about himself now. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence, that's like fancy words, or human wisdom as I proclaim to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you, except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. See, even Paul was nothing special. Paul came weak, scared, trembling. He wasn't like this powerful speaker or a powerful preacher. Even the Corinthians, right? They said of Paul, in another letter, he's unimpressive and his speaking amounts to nothing. Look at the people he's writing to. It gets even more savage than that, right? There was a, a bit of a book written about Paul not long after he died, and this is what it said about him. This is describing Paul. He was a man of small stature, with a bald head and crooked legs, in a good state of body, with eyebrows meeting and nose somewhat hooked. Now you're like, I wonder what that looks like. I've drawn it for you. You're welcome. All right, this is what Paul would look like next to a normal person. I know, I'm very good at drawing. Thank you. You see, Paul was not... Ah, thank you, everybody. Thank you for my artistry. You see, Paul was not a TED talker listen paul was not a ted talker paul was not unattractive dude he spoke plainly so what made it that tens of thousands of people trusted in jesus because of because of his preaching why why is he so special that that would happen well it wasn't the messenger it was the message it's not the power of the preacher that does anything it's the power of what they're preaching Come look at verse 4. He's talking about Paul. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. You see, when Paul spoke, people listened, and they became Christians, not because he spoke really well, not because he spoke powerfully, but because the message was powerful, and the Spirit of God called people powerfully. That's what it means when it says a demonstration of the Spirit's power, right? It's not saying Paul came and did crazy wonders and signs. It's not saying that. It's saying the Spirit of God called people. It worked. He preached and people turned to Jesus. Not because of him, but because the power of God and the power of the message. On FAT, right, nearly 40 of you said you became Christians. Epic. Why did that happen on FAT? Was it because I spoke really well? Or Dan spoke really well? Or Jono spoke really well and pretty cool? No. It's because God chose that time to call people to himself. Through weak speakers with a foolish message, God chooses to save his people. And knowing this tells us a couple of things, right? Here's the first one. You can tell your mates about Jesus. You can do it. The most common reason that we don't tell our mates about Jesus is that we're scared, right? You know it. Jordan, Jordan, I feel a bit awkward when I do it. I'm I'm just a bit scared to do it. It's not you who's going to save them. It's not you. God will call his people. Oh, yeah, I get that, Jordan, but if they ask me any tricky questions, man, I kind of got nowhere to go. I don't know what to do with it. It's okay, God doesn't need you to have all the answers to save his people. God will call his people. It's a simple message. But if you don't know kind of where to start with sharing the gospel, one thing that can help you out is a thing called two ways to live. Two ways to live. It's a thing that breaks up the gospel into six easy steps for you to remember. It's got pictures and stuff. It will help you share the gospel with your mates. But you can do it because God will call them to himself if he chooses. The second thing, it means that you need to watch out for preachers who are really smooth but lack any substance. See, there's lots of preachers around, right, who are hip and cool and are funny and do all this stuff, but that's not the main thing and it's not the thing that matters. What matters is that they're telling you what the Bible says. That's why we give you all the Bible in this time together. I don't want you just to listen to me. I want you to see it for yourself. I want you to know that what I'm saying is what God has said in His Word. That's why we give you one. So watch out for people who make you feel good and are funny, but lack substance. The third thing, it means we need to pray. Because you can practice knowing the gospel all you want, you can do the two ways to live, you can memorize Bible verses, you can think of fun ways to tell your mates. None of that will matter if God doesn't choose to call people to himself. So what do you do? You ask him to do that. We have a God who can do anything. Why would you not ask him to do that? So ask him to save your friends. Ask him to save your family. Ask him to do it. He hears you when you pray. It's an incredible thing. Don't waste that. Ask him to do that. And the last one of those is be confident. Because there's times where the world will tell you that you're dumb. That the thing you follow is dumb. They'll make you feel like you're on the losing team. They'll say you're on the wrong side of history. But this shows that you're not. You're not on the losing team. You're not on the wrong side of history. You're the one seeing the cross for what it really is, the power of God for salvation for those who believe it. You see it right. Others see it wrong. So be confident. Now, I said before that God does all of this on purpose. Remember that? The gospel seems foolish on purpose, God chooses nobodies on purpose. He chooses lame preachers on purpose. Why? Here's why. God does it so that he would look epic. Come with me to chapter 1, verse 28. Verse 28. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things... That are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is, our righteousness, holiness, redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Why does the cross seem foolish? Why did he choose that way to save people? Why does he choose the nobodies to save? He does it so that everyone knows that it's him who did it. We could never say, I figured that out on my own. I made myself right with God. We could never do that. He's made that so clear. He saves nobodies with lame preachers, with a foolish message, and it still works. Because he's powerful and he does it. And so praise God for his wisdom and his power and his love and his grace and his mercy. Our God is epic, isn't he? Isn't he? Yes, he is, man. And as we remember how good fat was, we remember it was so good because God was so good to us. It was him who did it. There's a song we're about to sing and the last verse of it goes like this. It's going to come up on the screen. I will not boast in anything, no gifts, no power, no wisdom, but I will boast in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. Our our gifts, our own power, our wisdom, what can it do? can't make us right with God, but the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ can. The thing that seemed most weak in this world was the very moment that God showed his strength. The thing that seems most stupid in the eyes of the world is the exact moment you can pinpoint and say how wise is our God. And he does it to show us just how amazing he is so that he would get glory forever and ever because of it.